Hello, welcome to Dealer's Choice Presents Muse Flash. That's movie news for uh, all you uh, idiots out there who couldn't work that out. Um, as always, I'm joined by Alex and Zach. Hello, boys. I'm Hello. one of the idiots. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the thing is, though, it's like everyone's idiots because I added it just because I figured most people wouldn't f- pick that up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, so um, this is just a short little episode that I've decided I want to try and start doing because of just the way we record. We record ahead of time. So often some of our hot takes are not very hot anymore. They're like six months <laughs> late. So like some of the news or some of the topics we want to talk about uh, have passed by and are no longer relevant. So this is our this is our attempt to try and be on the pulse of what's mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm. And I've got two things I want to talk to, talk about today. And then if you guys have anything else you want to add, feel free. But first up, I want to talk about Extraction 2, hashtag Rake Lives. Now, um, recently at the Tadum fan event, which is the Netflix fan event, we got a mm-hmm. teaser trailer um, of uh, Extraction 2 with the hashtag Rake Lives. It is Chris returning to play uh, the same character, along with Sam Hargrave and Joe Russo returning. And uh, if we remember back to when we actually watched Extraction, there was like a bit of a shadowy figure at the end and it kind of... And I know mm. we had some thoughts on that. So I just wanted to see, Alex, I'm sure you're up to date with this and I'm sure this is brand new news to Zach. So I'd love to hear some, <laughs> some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I've been told exactly what we're going to talk about today, and I don't know shit about either of them. <laughs> so Morgan's news corner. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm very meh about it. Like, I liked Extraction. I thought you it was loved well Extraction. I really did. I really did. And that, you know, one take, I was that one beautiful one take that they've got there, just mwah, really, really good. And you know, it's an ambiguous ending, and I guess they want to sort of. Get, go back to that well again. I just feel like it's not necessary. Like, is there is there a need for this film? Is there a need for John Wick Five? Yeah, I mean, I mean yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if we're talking about like John Wick, you get like stunt performers have work in in a in a troubling climate, um, and we have this great world we're exploring. Whereas Extraction, it is just stunt performers get work, I guess. Like, which is you know, is it necessarily a bad thing? But yeah, I think. Whether they needed to, I would have been interested to maybe just do like extraction as diff, different teams, different people, different yeah. scenarios. But they very specifically, like, there's like the whole movement of like, yeah, he was alive. He's, and they've decided, yep, we're bringing Chris back for another. Ex- also, is it going to be another extraction? It's just the same situation again. Like, it's very, I don't know. It, is it needed? Could it have been done differently? Probably. I think this might be one of those Transporter 2 things where Transporter 2 was exactly like pretty much Transporter 1 just with a completely different alternate, like Jason Statham was there, everyone else was different. So maybe that's it. Oh, no, <laughs> they the just cops want the cops the same. Oh, that's true. That's true. The old man. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they'll bring the boy back because their relationship, like even if it's just at the start, there was like a whole thing there. And mm. like, yeah, there was that last shot with like him. And then you see the shadowy figure in the background and then people are like, oh, it's Chris. It's like, it doesn't need to be Chris. Or it could be. A-. And now it's confirmed that it probably is him, which is an interesting choice. The guy bled out. Like... <laughs> I he was dead. Have, no, you, sh- have you seen the trailer, Alex? The teaser? You don't get a lot, I, but it's it's just him on the bottom of the water opening his eyes. And it's like, you're dead, mate. What are you doing? You are so dead. The amount Alex, of blood loss. <laughs> Alex, I hate to throw your words back at you, but I don't know if you recall, in high school, we read a book that ended with a character meeting his father after a lifetime of, in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> and he meets his father and he's riddled with cancer. And then the book ends. And you said to me, I think he he's saved because he's finally found Nirvana. And I said to you, he's fucking dead. He has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, <laughs> when you tell me that the man bled out, 
just have some hope for the future, Nosh. <laughs> I hate that you bring up my words from nearly a decade ago and bring know, them right? back to... <laughs> Uh, yeah. I've only what, got I excited, what I was excited about is that Chris Hemsworth is producing another film, which was released also at the Tadam uh, Festival, uh, with his wife is starring in an action film called Interceptor. And why I'm excited I about like that? His wife. She's a good actor. Uh, she's a good actress. I th- one, uh, yeah. his wife is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And two, it's the directorial debut of one of my favourite uh, authors, uh, Matthew Riley. Uh, <gasps> yeah, so he's he's directing that film, and so if you've read any of his books, they're just like non-stop, fast-paced action, you know, packed yeah. books. I want to see That's... what he does with an action film. I was just thinking the other day because I was like, he has sold so many movie rights to his books, and we've never got anything about it, and now he's just going to be like, I'm going to make movies myself. So maybe one day we'll get the Matthew Riley cinematic universe. Who knows? I hope. I hope. <laughs> I would kind of like to see Temple the movie. That would be cool. Mm. As a one-off, that would be good, yeah. That would be fantastic. Or or like comp- Contest. Contest. Don't mm-hmm. know about Scarecrow. I've, I've read Ice oh, Station again. I like Ice, Ice Station. Station's not a good book. <laughs> I went to it again. I'm like, oh, this is not as cool as I recall it being. <laughs> Area but 7. I remember that being Maybe Area 7 was probably better. Uh, maybe, maybe The Seven Ancient Wonders. Maybe that's... Like, that's an interesting premise. I remember that being mm. a very interesting premise, but... It's like National Treasure, but more action-packed. Mm. With yeah. more firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the next big one, just some other things to come out this week. The uh, boys spinoff, set on like a high school or a college for superheroes, is being put into production. So sky high for... The Boys World, I think, I'm not sure if there's a comic based on it. I think there might be, but that has also been put into production. That has been greenlit. That'll be made to continue our uh, exploration into the world of The Boys. And uh, also we're getting a Tiger King 2, so get ready for that in the next lockdown that we eventually have. This is like the inevitable point where we'll go, whatever, don't care. (laughs) And no one's not going to watch that fucking document. Everyone's going to be so glued into their goddamn disgusting computer screens. <laughs> oh, dear. You're going to find out all the... I don't even think I finished the, the first Tiger King. I just got like... <laughs> I think I got to the last episode. I'm like, no, nah, everyone's already talking about it. Whatever. I can just cruise by. I know where he ends up. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. Oh, oh, and God. I think they scrapped that movie where he was going to be played by Nicolas Cage, which is a damn shame because that would have been a... I just reckon it would have been fun to see Cage take on that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's something to look forward to. Excellent. Final thing I want to talk about because, you know, any, uh, any uh, television movie podcast worth their salt is going to be talking about the this week because um, Squid Game, the South Korean Hunger Games meets Saw series, it's been trending this week and it is on track to become Netflix's most popular show. And I know like we, we, we've heralded uh, Parasite. We love Parasite. We love um, a bit of a international film and television. Um, I was just, yeah, I was just wondering, I know Alex has seen some of it. Zach has seen a bit of it. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts. And also I'd be curious to know why you guys think this show is doing so well. Uh, it's probably doing so well, maybe for the same reason that Parasite did so well. It's just like, not, not because I'm not saying that they're the same thing. I'm just saying maybe the message is so like well translated and universal that it just hits home. And on top of that, the, the bits that I watched, it seems to be taking a lot of those 
fantastical parts of reality TV and dramatizing them and making them scripted and well thought out. So maybe that's it as well. Maybe people are just like, oh, I like to see, you know, all the parts I love from a reality TV show, but, you know, it's actually scripted and produced and organized. It's not just waiting for random people to hit these marks. Don't know. That, that, maybe that's it. But I am not probably the best at analyzing <laughs> why this show has blown the fuck up. Because a lot of it is also probably it hit a certain point and then everyone was like, why the fuck is everyone talking about this? Mm. And now everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon potentially. Yes. Yep. Well, I certainly did. <laughs> I, I I heard about it and I was like, oh, what is everyone talking? I need to get, I need to be in, informed. Uh, but I feel like what, it's the style of this film. Mm. Like I think we talked about before, like the, the set design, the costume, it's very mm. slick. It's very modern. It's mm. very impressive. And it's interesting to look at, and I feel like a lot of other TV shows sort of miss the mark with that or it's mm. something a bit different mm. um, in that sense. And it's also twisty, and, you know, there's twists in it. It's pulpy. It's gory. It, you know, it inspires conversation. What would you be like if you were in the squid game? Would you vote to play or would you vote to leave if you were in that situation? There's that curiosity as well. It's like, what's the next game? I want to know what mm. the next game is. I want to know what happens in the next game. And that I think that keeps mm. going quite well. And then by the point you get to the end, you're invested in these characters and their story and like what what's going to happen to them afterwards. And I think that's, mm. I don't know. I definitely, I, I'm shocked but a little bit by how, like how much it, the initial takeoff, at least like I understand people just watching it because it's currently in the vernacular. Everyone's talking about it. It's a water cooler moment, but I am like really like, I am pleasantly surprised that it did take off like very quickly and like uh, people were enjoying it enough that it propelled it further. Um, mm. And I think, you know what? I don't, it's, I don't think it's not deserving. I think um, definitely the person behind this uh, has a creative mind and I'm glad that they're getting maybe a bit of like, this will help get more ideas out into the world. And like South Korean cinema, like we are seeing it slowly start to drip out and get some stuff, train to Busan peninsula, maybe not as much, but then you get like parasite and now you get in TV. It's like, maybe they're, they're going to have like this big boom of, um, some amazing content. They're going to have a new age of cinema yeah. or something. Yeah, which is interesting. We Maybe. could be on the fringe of that, which is super interesting. I was just I know Netflix has, like, people, I, th- I think a lot of people think Netflix might be in decline at the moment, but I, I kind of don't see that. I think that they have done this amazing thing where they've taken all this, like, talent and, like, uh, production sense and production culture out of Hollywood and just exported it overseas. Like, so they've got all these branches in Europe, they've got all these branches in like across Southeast Asia and in South Korea and stuff. And they've just said to these different teams who I, I imagine have wanted for a long time to make their own versions or like, you know, create their own stories. And they've said, we'll give you the tools. It's our show. We'll put it up and everyone around the world can watch it. Like, cause we talk about the South Korea thing, but I've seen an insane amount of German crime drama, German, there's, mm. there's, uh, Babylon Berlin, which was a big, big show in Europe, I believe, and had like four seasons. It was a Netflix show, and it was all set in pre-Nazi Germany um, in the 1930s, I think. Massive show, all in German. There's a couple shows like, oh, there's one called, I think it's called Dark Omen, and it's all about time travel and black holes and stuff, and it's a small town. I've heard, I've heard about that one. Yep. I think I, I think I've got the name wrong there, but that was a really, really big show, and. I think Netflix has done a really good job about doing stuff like that. I'm just really, really fucking shocked that they can still, they seem to be the only company these days, except for maybe HBO that can make a show. Oh no, that's not true. The boys has also done it, but they make a show that everyone was, will be happy to sit down and watch. Like they have done it so many fucking times where people have just watched a Netflix show 
and gone nuts about it like because yeah tiger king everyone knows about but do you guys all remember the what was that um uh, making a murderer mm. fucking uh house of cards when it came out they've done it again and again and again they've just put out a show and it's just blown up and this is like the next version of it and i can't i can't help but think maybe that's just because they've planted a bunch of seeds internationally and because no one else in fucking hollywood is doing it and it's paying off it seems to be it's paying it's in, yeah the investing in original content it's yeah. really invest or die in original mm-hmm. content i don't think streaming platforms can survive purely on uh oh look at what we've got in our back catalogue would you like yeah. to watch it now paramount plus <laughs> yeah paramount <laughs> plus for one i feel like uh yes new new shows new content um yeah not just the old old uh old guard the hmm. future is now old man <laughs> <laughs> so those are my things is there anything you guys want to touch on before we finish up today in this first episode of muse flash i know there was the russell t davies news that Zach maybe potentially wanted to talk about? Yes, I'm so excited about this. I have been off Doctor Who for a very, very long time. Um, I did sit down and watch this five-hour... Anyone who's a fan of Doctor Who, go on to YouTube. There is a five-hour video about why the Jodie Whittaker era of Doctor Who was a shame and could have been done a lot better. And it's not an attack on Jodie Whittaker, it's an attack on the writer, which I loved. And I watched all fucking five hours of it, and I that's a genuine endorsement of it. It's an amazing like bit of content. Anyway, but since then... They have the BBC have announced that Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner during the Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant era, is coming back to be the showrunner again. And I'm back into Doctor Who because he was my favourite writer, and it, that period of the show is my favourite period of Doctor Who ever. Uh, and so I'm very excited to see what he's going to do again. I mm. can't wait to see who the next Doctor is. I think they've already dis- maybe they've already announced it, but I haven't seen it. No, they I'd haven't love- announced it. No. Okay, well, I'd love to see whoever they chuck out because the latest i don't know if you guys know what the latest jody whittaker season ended on but oh yeah i do um, the doctor I'm can be there. anyone and anything <laughs> mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. which is completely fine but fuck i wish they'd done it in a different way i really the do. doctor is all of us uh. the doctor is not even a fucking time lot <laughs> not anymore <laughs> so no annoying. um anyway uh that's 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 that that's how that is but i'm excited for that um the other thing i was going to say i watched suicide squad i think you guys had already seen it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Fucking loved it. I was, it was so funny. I was like, holy shit, yeah, this is a, this is an amazing like little and a great performance by John Cena. <laughs> like Idris Elba, I was I was expecting, but John Cena was great in this fucking movie. He was so fucking sick, and and Shark Boy, oh so good, and Rat Girl, and Taika Waititi, yeah, shows up. <laughs> fucking hell. He's got everything. Mm. Yeah, Taika's in everything these days. He's even in Free Guy as well. So he is, yeah. But yeah, um, Suicide Squad's great. Don't go in too seriously, but have fun. Like, it's James Gunn. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's probably uh, wraps up the first episode of uh, Muse Flash. We'll be back next week with a Muse update and probably a bit of a teaser because early reviews for the new Bond are out. So we might do a bit of a Bond discussion next week, but we'll see what mm-hmm. news happens in the next week or so. And don't forget, Spooktober this Thursday kicks off with uh, my very first Podemic film, Cargo. So uh, you heard it here first and we'll see you then. Yeah.